Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SENZ, four minutes past six o'clock on your Friday of sport, January 20. Woo-wee! And we've got plenty going on. I'm glad that I've got Beave back today, and I'm glad that you are back today, Beave, after a uh, stint on the old hospital bed under the knife. How are spirits, big guy? Yeah, pretty well, Louis. Obviously, you know, uh, there's no place better than coming out from an operation. I've mentioned this multiple times, and uh, yesterday didn't disappoint. It actually even got better than better than I remembered it because they also, within a few moments of coming to and uh, and realising everything's great and you're in that nice little zone of sleepiness uh, that you get when you come out of an operation, they were offering my favourite ice block to me, the lemonade. Um, so <laughs> I hoed for a couple of them, and then they said, do you want to get someone to come get you? And I said, "Well, how many more icebox are coming?" Because I could, I could stay here all day at the moment. This is, this is heaven for me. But uh, after a couple of packets, um, I, I moved on. That is outstanding, mate. Lemonade popsicle, and I tell you, who's going to want a lemonade popsicle? And that is Andy Murray and Kokonakis as well. Because right now, and I'm not joking, it's five past six New Zealand time, five past four in Melbourne. Andy Murray has two match points live to beat Kokonakis here at uh, Melbourne Park across the ditch. This is a five-set thriller. It's 6-5. He's just broken Kokonakis, and now he has those two match points. He's on serve. This is quite astounding, to be honest, because you get the old five-hour thrillers every once in a while, but it's not often you get a game that goes to... Five past four local time beef. That is astounding. Is it Chocker? Uh, there's about... Uh, do you know what? More than you'd expect, and he's just hit a two-hand backhand. Kokonaka's spirits was broken as soon as he was broken, and it's over. The game has finally come to an end. Hopefully I see a glimpse. Five hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> this, uh, I mean... Andy Murray was pretty happy with himself a couple of days ago. I reckon this will go to a new level. He's starting to... Not wind back the clock completely, but he's showing signs here, Louis. He is just screaming at the crowd right now. <laughs> like, like a deluded kind of drunk man at five minutes past four o'clock out inside Flinders Street Station. Instead, he's on centre court there and Rod Laver and his, <laughs> his folks are there. There is actually a surprising amount of people. I mean... I'll, I'll be honest, he's looked pretty frail, especially in the last set here. He's been hobbling around. His hips have seized all the way up. And somehow, Kokonakis, who's about 10 years his junior and probably in the prime of his career, couldn't get over top of him. So that's the spirit of a champion, isn't it? Yeah, Andy Murray. Jeez. 
I mean, what, what are we up to now? Fourth round? Into a fourth round there, the big guy. So, you know, he said that he's starting to get back to back to his uh, fitness where he feels comfortable in his body. You're saying he's, he doesn't look too comfortable in his body now, but uh, should be a long two days to get ready for his next one. Mate, can you imagine the pain going through those hips right now? Can you imagine that? Uh, I mean, and you can't even go out and celebrate because, I mean, most of the pubs are shut now, aren't they? It's, um, it's, it's, you've gone past the time. It's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal time to finish a game of tennis. You'd be you'd better like going to try and find a bottomless brunch spot and park up for a couple of uh, Bloody Marys and a cheese scone. Oh, well, that's what's happening over there. Kokonakis looks like he's about to cry. I think he's just exhausted emotionally and physically. So uh, you got to feel for him. He played his part. That's what's happening live right now around the world. Um, Beeve, today on the show, we're, we're going to talk sevens with... Ricky Swinnell, she's been on the seventh circuit for a wee while now commentating and she understands the context of the sport to New Zealand. So we'll talk to her after eight. We're going to talk some racing with Mike Kneebone from New Zealand Bloodstock. We'll try and chat some American football in amongst there as well. Uh, 0800 150 811. That's the Kennard's higher phone line. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. But I feel like we need to we need to drill down on it a bit more. So you got your ice block, you got your time. How is the hoof? How is the pig? Yeah, I mean it's it's because of obviously the the gouging away and the cutting that was involved. You say it's still a bit sensitive in that in that still one area, but uh, surgeons have told me it's been a roaring success. Uh, I had to make it a little bit bigger cut than they'd hoped, so a few more stitches. But uh, no, I mean in three days apparently they want me to get rid of this bandage uh, and change the dressing a bit to a little bit less of what than it is. And then uh, in 10 days, stitches come out and uh, I'm away. So three days, what's today? Friday. So, so mm. it's starting to get on that threshold, isn't it? Well, yeah, we, 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 yeah. So like, I mean, we've had plenty of, plenty of, plenty of inquiries about these Chili's tickets. Hard to come yes. by. Yes. Uh, At this stage, I'm still absolutely locked in for going. Um, Funny enough, we're talking about the chili situation. So we're going with uh, a couple of of other couples, uh, mates from out here in Waiuku. And um, obviously, um, as SNZ has worked out a few times when they've tried to get me a few lifts here and there, Ubers, um, not a thing we do out here. And even a taxi situation, not, again, something we do if you're leaving Waikiki, obviously to get here it's fine, but uh, leaving here. So there's been chat of, oh, well, I guess someone's got a sober drive. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, without being the stereotypical male, he's like, oh, what the ladies <laughs> putting their hands up, are they? Um, but there seems to be a few eyes, a few eyes coming back at this guy. And <laughs> I said, look, yep, I've just had an operation. But how will freeze over before I decide to go to a Chili Peppers without having a brewski in my hand? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's the response a lot of people wanted. So currently transport still up in the air. But so what? You're just going to dig your one heel in here? You're just you're, yes. you're just going to yep. say no, no, no. Even, no matter how logical it might be, there is no <laughs> how shall we freezing? I am not. Because obviously we've worked out that I'm standing, so I can't be standing at a Chili Peppers concert and sober. I think if I, thought, if I was in the grandstand, fine, I could I could wash that could wash with me. But I think when you're out there amongst the 
amongst the jungle that it will be uh, with Neeps and the boys, um, I think you've got to have a few on board. So I'm campaigning for, you know, a logistical, let's get to Pukekohe, get on a train, get to Sylvia Park, then we'll get a cab from there after a couple at that pub uh, garrisons that's attached to Sylvia Park there. So, and then just go out from there. That's, that's what I'm campaigning for. Well, I, I, do you know what? I never would have picked you as the uh, public transport type. Mate, I've lived in Japan and in England. Right, it's you, how you it's, it's how you roll. You are the public transport type. Oh, mate, like you literally in Japan, you literally don't have a car. You just jump on a train. Connects you to the world. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, our public transport system maybe not quite as sophisticated. We're, we're talking to maybe Andy Murray's hip compared to the hip of a twenty-year-old uh, Andy Murray. Exactly, but dare I say, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not on the Auckland City Council um, payroll here. But, in fact, they sting me in many different ways. But what I'll say is sometimes we've got tickets to go to Eden Park. We're again. And the easiest thing for us to do is get get out of the station there in Pukio Papakura, get to Newmarket, one change, and you're in Eden Park. It is absolutely brilliant to get to Eden Park as far as if you're planning on having a day. So, yeah, Rodio. So how far is Waiuku from uh, Puka, where, where 20 minutes. P- right. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. And you so can... now I'm a big campaigner of using the transport. Well, there you go. So you're having a couple of... You can self-medicate and you can be yes. at the chili. So it sounds like that's settled. I mean, I'm, I'm sold. Makes perfect yeah, well, sense to me. Well, the other reason I'm sort of campaigning uh, for a little bit of pookie action too is then I can... Some of that preloading might go down at the, uh, at the millions. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd written that off. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, I've actually heard you're going to be there now. We've confirmed that. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, it has been confirmed. So I will be there. Mate, I'd love nothing more than to chuck the cans on you. Get, get a glimpse at this uh, pig and, and, oh, people would love to see you there, Beef. I'd actually, I've already been working on um, a couple of tickets for you. I had, oh, tremendous. I'd, I'd nudged uh, one Jess Innes. She said yes. she, had, she had a little, oh, surely we could get Beef there. Surely we could. Get beef there. So, you know, there are options of plenty, mate. Yeah, Pukekohe. Uh, makes sense to me, Beef. Now, this weekend, this is this whole situation is kind of reminding me of when Izzy broke his foot and then he had the, the black clash coming up. And <laughs> I think he ended up being team manager. Now, the black clash is happening this weekend. Did you, did you ever get the tyres kicked on that one? Uh, early doors, I th- they were. But, like, Louis, I love my cricket. Love it, absolutely love it. Loved playing it up until sort of about sixteen, seventeen. But when you get, when you have so long away from doing a sport like that, and you train like you do, your coordination. Although you, you keep coordinated for your for your rugby, your coordination when it comes to bat and ball, and you see the level, like you see the level last year. Of oh, what what the cricketers were bowling down with Bondi. I know Bondi had to retire because of bad back, but my word, <laughs> Bondi for bad back is still no place to be for a person who hasn't touched the bat for twenty years. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I would love to. I'd love to go on a twelfth man. Uh, no, no, actually twelfth man because you wouldn't want to get out there and have to be under a skyscraper <laughs> uh, in front of thousands. Uh, but no, you'd love to be part of the management. I think. Um, or I, I do hear it's a good social occasion, but 
There's just some intensity. I mean, that's why people show up. That's what we watch on TV because it's a genuine game of cricket. Yeah, it's pretty much domestic cricket. And um, <laughs> like, it's not too far away. And it, it's a, I think it's tonight. I think it's... I think Jesus, it's, there's so much on this weekend. Every year, around the 20th of January, it's like, oh, you don't ease your way back in, do you? Well, I mean, can we all sit around a table next year? Because we don't... I mean, we're not... We have events, but we're not plush for events every weekend. So let's just space some of these out, can we? Yeah, it's it's a good point. It's a really good point. Like, where is the you know, like who's the czar of events? Forget, <laughs> forget, forget. Like sports versus music versus yes. half sport, half celebrity spotting. Like, who is the czar? Where, do we have a czar? Of, could be beef. Could you be like the czar of events? Like you, the do the doyen of uh, planning. Why not? Because it's just logistics. Logistics really falls into my category. Um, but if you've got the sevens, you've got the, oh, the uh, Black Ash, the Cracking Millions, there's three events that I'd, in isolation, I'd love to go to all three of them. But you've got to choose. And then, you're, I mean, don't get me started on the chilli peppers, of course. It's a great point. All you're doing is you're splitting your market up. You're, you're, di- you're, yeah. di- you're dividing and you're not conquering. No. I mean, it's going to be tough to incorporate... Uh, Anthony's schedule when I'm uh, working out the events of uh, New Zealand, but I mean, Chili Peppers probably takes they, they can probably dictate a little bit to us uh, when when they plan. Earned that right? Earned that right? Earned <laughs> yeah, that right? And then everyone else can slot in around and find some weekends. But uh, yeah, geez, what a weekend of sport ahead! It is, and we will uh, debrief it all throughout the day. Uh, the other one for you, mate. You would have come out of surgery. What? Oh, maybe like. One thirty yesterday, you would have been a little bit hazy. You've got that um, lemonade poppy just right there, just kind of kicking back. No kids around, thinking, "Oh, Jesus, these pillows are as comfy as I remember." And then you would have got on the car and you would have tuned in, and you might have heard in Johnny's news that Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is no longer. And you would have been thinking, "Sorry, hold on, am I back under?" Absolutely. Well, just confirming times. I was done by 9.30. Oh. I, I, I was woken up by 9.30. Um, but funny enough, yeah, this is probably a poor reflection of my... Uh, I keep up with all the sports news. You can tell that from my uh, esteemed uh, work here. But uh, current <laughs> affairs, <laughs> current affairs, the wife the wife had to tell me at dinner last night. You're kidding. No. She said, oh, Jacinda's, Jacinda's gone. And might, might I say, that, that was our wedding anniversary last night too. By, by the way, so I actually dragged myself off my sick bed and took her out for dinner, um, just at a local pub, which I've been told wasn't quite what she was expecting. But I thought, darling, I had an operation this morning. I think this is a Herculean effort just to be here. Um, but uh, she didn't see it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, Jacinda, that's massive news. This, why is there always so much to unpack with you at about quarter past six? So hold on, hold on. So let's park the park the just into thing for a second. So you, your wife, you Alex, is it? Yes, Alex. Yep. So oh, clearly a lovely person. I mean, where is the where is the uh, compassion? The compassion. <laughs> I mean, you've just you've had glass in your foot all week. You've had multiple different attempts to get it out. You've been under the knife, and then you've 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 made it out for dinner. You've left. Yes. Oh, that's. I think that's a bit stiff, mate. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
and to make matters worse, she wasn't happy with her dish. Um, <laughs> you know, so your your problem. Yeah, again, my problem. Um, so that's going to cost me uh, probably a, a fancier dinner uh, next week. I said, look, darling, because we we went to the local pub here in Waikiki, and it's uh, it's on a little bit of a inlet of the Manukau Harbour. And I said, darling, we're in the viaduct. This is essentially <laughs> the uh, the viaduct of Waikiki, and uh, that uh, humour or attempt at trying to lighten the situation didn't go down well either. Um, I said, we could be at Seoul right now. They've got the glass banisters. You know, it's it's very similar. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna that's gonna cost you another um, eventing trip, uh, and, and another <laughs> another weekend with the horse float, mate. Um, Absolutely. It, yeah. Well, so she's right. She wasn't pulling your leg. Yeah, Ardern Gonski. So there you go. It's um, that was a bit of news for a Thursday. Busy old Thursday. Yeah, because ha- when's the next election? She didn't have thoughts of carrying on through. No, 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 no. I think the writing was on the wall, but yes. Um, October, they did say it, October 14. It's the uh, day before a possible World Cup quarterfinal for the All Blacks. What will that mean? Where will the mood of the nation be? Where will the nation's head be at? Yes, we'll we'll either be playing Ireland or South Africa. Um, So, yeah, is it conservatism or are we rolling the dice with a bit of a luck of the Irish? Who knows? That That may influence voters. Um, geez, this is about as political as I can get for you. Um, another thing that I had to deal with last night, which, you know, obviously accompaniment, um, the boys from across the ditch, um, Gary Boucher and the boys on uh, on their show, texted me during the day and said, oh, can you come on our show and, and talk, have a bit of fun about this Wallabies carry-on? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, yep. I could be, you never know, I could be hit up by all the uh, medication that I'm on, but uh, hey, give us a buzz. So they gave me a buzz during dinner, and I thought, geez, the way, the way dinner's going here, I'm just going to have to ignore this call. Um, so I apologetically text when we finished dinner, hey boys, sorry, was that dinner, blah, blah, They say, well, we'll ring you in 10, Beef, we're still on. So they rang me in 10, and uh, they, wanted me, they actually played back quotes of mine um, live on air with you, Louis, that I couldn't actually remember I said. But they said, uh, do you want to attract any of us? Or are you doubling down? I said, well, just, we'll just double down, will we? Um, so, yeah. it's uh, It feels like an ambush. It does. Um, I might have to double my bloody invoice this week just for um, clickbait headlines. Um, it really <laughs> feels like I've, I've been going hammer and tongs. Well, you went viral. Um, the good news is you don't remember half of it because you've been on drugs. So, <laughs> just, just if anybody... prescribed, prescribed from uh, medical professionals. Can we just clear that up? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prescription, prescription. Um, so, anyone looks twice, mate. You can just say, "Hey, I've had plenty going on this week. I do have more questions about the Wallaby situation, though." And I'll yes. get to those in just a wee bit. With 21 minutes past six, there is plenty going on here on a Friday morning. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Uh, anyone got any suggestions about how Beeve can manage the situation with the wife? Uh, and also just the, the chilli peppers. The tra- Any transport logistic buffs out there that would like to climb into this one and do a bit of crowdsourcing, let's help Beeve out. It's been a big week for the big guy. He's a company man, as he keeps saying. He's still here. We'll be back with your texts and calls after this. 22 minutes past six. 27 minutes past six o'clock. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Well, the guys are back on uh, Monday. Very much looking forward to that. Well, till then, oh, Beef's back on Monday as well, but on the run home with Kirst. You're looking forward to reuniting with Kirst, Beef? Always good to reunite with Kirst. Uh, 
She's, um, I tell you what, she, there's going to be a lot to, a lot to unload from her summer season. She, uh, she really rips in. And uh, obviously a lot of golf's been happening, but she's also still quite festival festival bound. Um, so there's going to be a lot to uh, debrief uh, with Kirst Summer. She's very much in her festy era, isn't, isn't yes. Kirst? She is. Well, and it's fascinating. And uh, obviously she's getting married in, in, in well, not, not much more than a month's time, I think. And uh, is this her last summer Without kids, I don't know. You know, <laughs> does that become an issue? So, you know, Whoa. and that'll be that'll be brought up too. Like, is she has she had one last real crack over summer? Because I think if she's got plans to have a family, then I hope she has had a has had a whale of it. Because I tell you what, it, it all gets nipped in the bud once kids come, Louis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, and let that be a cautionary tale for us all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Get everything out of your system, fellas. Uh, Especially you, Joe, your little your little party animal, you. <laughs> I think, Joe, you, you, you were talking about kids with your new girlfriend, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you're, I, she's going to meet my parents on Saturday, which is a little oh, bit early. Jeepers! Oh. I, I, like you brought this out just before the news, haven't you, you dirty bugger? But jeepers! <laughs> so you, you met this girl, what, 20 days ago? You're 10 days in. I know, I don't mean to. It's just for practicality reasons. My parents are taking us out to Karaka, um, so she needs, oh. to, she needs to meet them. Um, and, you know, while we're there, we may as well ask if... Well, well hold on, hold on. Hang on, hold your hold parents... Hold on. Tell you, is it a whole meet the parents situation? Like, a four-way? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, so everyone's meeting everyone? Yeah, yeah. Well, parents included? Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Wait, Joe, your parents and her parents meeting? Yeah, well, her, her, yeah, well, yeah. Her parents are going to be there too, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is outrageous. Okay, hold on. Park that. We're going to go to the news with that. <laughs> Beef, get your, get your top three questions and things you need to know down on paper for Joe. Interrogation. An interrogation is going down after this. Australian rugby can wait. This is more important. Here's the news with Araha Fukubota together with Shaping New Zealand. Joe, you're just blowing Beeb's mind. Actually, everyone's mind. We are back soon with whatever whatever you're going to say. SENZ, we're 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock. All right, we're about to have the expose on what Joe has got going on in his dome after this. Uh, just a couple of quick headlines here with Kennard's Hire. They are hiring big. Visit kennardshire.co.nz. Uh, Kyle Jamieson is back playing cricket today. Now, that is epic news for all yes. of New Zealand. This is him and the emotions he's about to feel. Oh, it's probably been a mixed bag of emotions, really. There's a little bit of frustration, um, a little bit of... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but a bit of a blessing in a way as well. I have, have a little bit of time off and just time just to, I guess, reflect and reset and, um, I guess, working yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, a whole whole, uh, whole range of emotions, but, yeah, certainly nice to be back here now. It is great to have him back. He is a huge part of New Zealand cricket moving forward over the next few while. That bowling department needs him. And the White Ferns T20 World Cup squad has been announced this morning. Sophie Devine to captain. you got Susie Bates. Uh, Lauren Down, Maddie Green, Brooke Halliday, Hayley Jensen, Fran Jonas, the young spinner, obviously Mealy and Jess Kerr, your regulars, Leah Tahuhu, great to see her back, Hannah Rowe, and Bernadine Bezadenhut as well after a long layoff. So there are some key names there in your women's 
World Cup squad. But, Beav, I don't know what we just heard before the news. That was... Uh, well, and considering me and you have had a few conversations this week with young producer Joe, who uh, has been with a girl all of about 15 days, um, admittedly falls, falls hard and heavy, does Joe. Uh, not for the first time in his career. Um, but uh, this, this revelation today has shocked me absolutely shocked me that not only is he meeting her parents but parents are meeting parents absolutely outrageous this is like three or four years in i would have thought this is at the engagement do surely it's, it's quite a complex situation because she's american so her parents have come over to visit her uh coincidentally around this time and so uh, they're like, oh, why don't we go to the races? And then, like, I needed a ride. And my parents are like, look, we'll, we'll give you a ride. We'll drive you. And then I was, I was going to take my flatmates with me. But then my, uh, this new girl, Teresa, is jealous of my flatmate. So she doesn't want me to go along with her to the <laughs> race. So she wants to hop in the car with us. It's just a whole thing, Beef. Um, we asked you this um, no more than three days ago. I feel like the answer is probably different now. Have you told this girl you love her? I actually haven't yet. I've really held it back. Like, I've, oh, well, uh, by accident, but like, not really. Like, <laughs> I, just, like, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, Joe. You're a bad man. Just, just like, you're off, like, at the end of the phone call, just like, oh, okay, see ya. Love you. Bye. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Hence why we're having this big family congregation. Uh, yeah, well, actually, weekend. I haven't spoken to her since then. Um, I, that was that was yesterday, and I just I just panicked and hung up, and then haven't spoken so to. So, are you gonna are you, when you when you grab the old man's hand, Joe? Yeah. Like, do we have to do some handshake rehearsals today before you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And, and and then are you going to ask him? Uh, no, I'm not going to ask him, but like I'll touch around the subject because I might not see him, you know, in the next few months, and I may pop the question before then. Um, but he, he's a Michigan man. They're from Michigan. He's like hardcore Detroit man, big man. So I will need a, a strong handshake, I think. Yeah, Detroit's a tough city, isn't it? And uh, yeah, you'll have to put on your best manliest effort. Um, how do you think he's going to be impressed with the fact that his uh, daughter's new man doesn't have a driver's license? Because that's clearly why. All this lift situations required? No, I, I've actually just lost my keys, my car keys. That's why the whole situation has come up. Oh, it's been a big week, boys. <laughs> I'm lost, Louis. I, I don't know. If no. I just don't know where to go. No, hey, for for reference, my um, I'm five and a half years deep with Shannon, and our parents haven't met. So, the- and that's that's understandable. It's not an issue. Different parts of the country, different yeah. life agendas, just not ever really been on the... Uh, it's not really been a priority to this point, but young Joe, who's told Gucci Belt that he loves her at the end of a conversation, and you know how he said he's accidentally done it? Did say it. it was probably... Oh. It, that's premeditated and malicious, if you ask me. What about how she's uh, already that clinging into you that she's worried about your flatmate? That's interesting. Well, yeah, she just knows that I've got a crush on her. I used to have a crush on oh. her. Wow. Are you able to keep anything to yourself? <laughs> no, I just, we've been spending a lot of time together. Are you, able to, are you able to lie? <laughs> no, I couldn't. She looked me directly in the eye and said, do you have a crush on her? And I said, yes. Like, I just couldn't lie to her. I don't, I don't you know, I don't want to start the relationship with a lie. Like, i got to be honest. Yeah, I, yes, I have a crush on her. No. Wait, so I'm you not- still have a crush on her? 
Well, a crush is a crush. Like, it doesn't mean I want to, like, go out with her. I just have a crush on her. I think she's cute, you know? Um, I don't... Is that bad? <laughs> you can't? You, you can't have a crush on another person? Not tell you, not, not tell your new woman, no. No, not if you've you've told someone after twenty days you love them. You, you should probably still have a crush on them first. No, I do. Like, I, hey, I, Beef, I Beef do might her. have a crush on Emily Ratajkowski. So, and and I might have a crush on you know um, Selena Gomez from time to time. But that's okay, Joe. I don't have a crush on my flatmate, and then you go tell Shannon. <laughs> Yeah, but Shannon doesn't ask. She asked me because she she yeah. Oh, I don't know. What was I supposed to say? No. Yes, yes, that's probably how you'd have started it. Um, I mean, I constantly tell my wife uh, I've got a crush on Jennifer Aniston. Is she threatened by it? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to materialise. Is Beeve living with Gen- Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> Unfortunately not. No. It just doesn't work like that. Okay, well, I'm going to have to move flats probably, yeah. Like- <laughs> Um, well, not this weekend, mate. you got bigger things to do this weekend, like ask your dad for a hand of marriage. Um, 21 away from seven. I don't even... What's the question? Well, I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know how to ask for help on your behalf here, Joe. Not everyone is a ladies' man like you, Beeves, is Ken. Oh, come on, Ken. You're a, you're a married man with, uh, I think, four four kids. I think you would clearly know it. I'll whip behind the ears here, Joe. Is, well, he's just got to sharpen it up a little. Well, a little. That's just going to, that'll help him get out to Karaka unscathed. But post then, Joe, you've got work to do, my man. 21 away from seven. Let's let's take a deep breath and let's try and give away a $50 TAB bonus bet. We got Quizzy Beef up after this. 0800 150 Give us a call and let's take on the quiz master, the Beef master. Before Izzy's back on Monday and it's too hard again, we'll give you one last pop at a $50 TAB bonus bet. Give us a call and you can have a bet on your Karaka Million favourite this weekend. Friday tune is quality and it's such a good weekend to have a $50 bonus bet isn't it Beef? Oh absolutely I mean we're going to surely have the winner given to us later on in the show for uh, for the crack a million um, so if you can spend your 50 veg, spend on the tennis the sevens who knows but tell you what before we whip in we need to maybe call the technical support because our man Joey is blowing this text machine up. Obviously, two me to read right now, but jeepers, there is a bucket load of advice, support, envy, all flooding in on the text machine this morning. We'll have to clear those and uh, really take a detailed look after 7 o'clock. I don't think this is where this ends today. Actually, it can't. It can't end today. Uh, it, this, this, we can't just put that to bed just like that, Gabby Beef. But we'll, we'll get this quiz done and dusted, and we're going to start yes. start in Palmy North with our man, Lammy. Cool. Oh, morning, guys. How you going? Yeah, good, Lammy. How's things yeah, down good. in Palmy? Oh, nice and fine, buddy. Pretty nice. It's oh. all good. Beautiful. Well, tell you what, let's get you 50 for your gambling weekend here today. So we'll start with question one. Where does the men's sevens team of New Zealand currently sit in the world rankings? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. 
No. No, they do not, Lammy. So we move now to Ed. Good morning, Ed. Morning, brothers. Oh, that's good to up the... Um, oh, thank you very much, Ed. Up and at it, mate. you got to, you got to keep going, don't you? Yeah, man. Now tell me, we're, we're of a men's team currently sitting in the World Sevens rankings. It's a very good guess from you, Ed, and we are flying now through Quizzy Dad. Question two, UFC 283 is on Sunday with two bouts on the line. Of those four guys, how many of them have previously or currently hold a belt? All of them. I don't know. You weren't far off, to be fair, Ed. We now come across to Huntley. Brett, how are we, mate? Looks foggy. <laughs> well, what else would it be on a morning in Huntley? <laughs> um, I've got a headache already from your dramas and Joseph's dramas. It's, it's a bit much for <laughs> Well, I tell you what, at, at least I didn't create my own dramas like Joey. But anyway, well, I sort of did actually, in hindsight. Uh, UFC, <laughs> UFC 283 is on Sunday with two bouts on the line. Of those four guys, how many of them have previously, have previously or currently hold a bout and your mate from Tolaga Bay said all of them, which was four, which was incorrect. How many do you reckon, Brett? I'll go three. Three is correct. Now we're speaking of three. We're up to question three. Shubman Gill slotted himself into ninth position in the all-time records for most runs in an ODI innings with 208 against the Black Caps yesterday. Which player sits atop of that list with an innings of 264? Uh, that's a lot of runs. Brought uh, Sharma? Oh! Dang. Brilliant, Brett. Brilliant. <laughs> Would have he been the first one you thought of, Louis? Yeah, because he's done it three times. Oh, okay. <laughs> three? I thought he'd done it twice. Are nah, he's done it three, which is quite incredible. That is incredible. That's phenomenal. Question four now with Brett from Huntley. Coco Goff beat British tennis sensation Emma Raducanu in the Aussie Open yesterday. What year was Raducanu born? Uh, 20... 20... Uh... 2802. We are putting on an absolute clinic here from Huntley. It may be foggy in Huntley, but it ain't foggy in Brett's mind. He is absolutely killing it this morning. And the final question. And the $50 could be well spent on this particular race. Who is the winner of the 2023 Karaka Million two-year-old race? <laughs> I have bet on every race of Tokyo Tycoons. <laughs> and Louis is going to say no. Well done, Brett. That was a clinic. And, well, right now we're all winners as far as that uh, race goes tomorrow. But uh, well done, mate.
Oh, I'll, I'll be listening to what Louis has to say. No, well... I won't be listening to what Joseph has to say. <laughs> <laughs> Gucci belt, yeah. Avery, that was a, that was a shambles. Uh, no, look, Tokyo Tycoon, all you're getting about Tokyo Tycoon is a better price after that wide draw. Everybody remembers what George Simon said when probably will put them away. Why draw? <laughs> Did not matter. Matter. And if he's that good, he'll just be winning anyway. So you got Craig Zaki on, he can ride. No dramas from me, Brett. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I might just uh, let the BGP boys spend my money on that. Yeah, fair enough. I think their punters club's up to nearly 600k now, so um, that's a, a hefty starting price. Good on you, Brett. Enjoy that and spend it well, mate. And shut your ears, because we're going to have to detail what's going on with Joey after this. Oh. Eight away from seven. <laughs> we're circling back. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It's Beave and Louie. All right, we'll clean this up and talk some sport after seven, but Beave, this text machine, you were right, it has gone electric. Let's, let's, you take it away, mate. Well, it's come from everywhere, too. Uh, Mark reckons Joe's the man. He has chucked in a couple of ha-has on the end of it, but you're the man, Joe. Uh, this has been the best 40 minutes of radio I have ever heard just about ever. Way to kick off a Friday, lads. Liam B., we appreciate your message, and geez, I hope Hutchie's listening because me and Louie will be <laughs> employees of the month, <laughs> not just of SENZ, but SEN as well across the ditch. Uh, fantastic message. Thank you, Liam. Uh, Ken, he wants to retract his statement about giving me grief and saying how great Joe is. And he says, uh, sorry, Beef, that was before I heard he said the L word and told his woman about his flatmate crush. I re... What's that word? Reese Rescind. Rescind my comment. Thank you, Ken, for admitting you were wrong. Uh, Morena Joe. Stay strong on the crush. Not all of us got the chance to make the crush a reality, as many of them were out of reach. A few tips for meeting the future old man. Get some info about his alma mater and his sports teams and casually drop it into conversation with the old, with the old man's girl and act like they're your team. Make sure you compliment her and see where her, and see where her daughter gets hang on, her looks from. Offer to buy dinner and have a future plan up your sleeve. Go hard, big boy. Geez, Joe is all in on this. Um, some pretty good edgy advice there, to be fair, too. Uh, there. And uh, and Ken also reckons B. I see two French clubs are chasing Leicester. I can't see him making World Cup, so it could be another one lost. It would be an absolute shame if Leicester at this young age decided to leave. I think he's got a big all-black career ahead of him. Ken, it might not be next year, you're right, but who knows? Plenty to digest there. That is, uh, wow. Wow, we, yeah, just drop, hey, oh, d- yeah, Detroit Lions, yeah, yeah, big Detroit Lions fan, yeah, Dan Campbell, oh, yeah, what a guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Cam- bad boys, what yeah. about the bad boys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Thomas, cr- criminally underrated, ha, ha, ha. You got it, Joe. You got it, mate. Uh, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping the future. After this, Beef and I, we're going to circle back to one of our favourite topics this week, the Wallabies. SCNZ, it's four minutes past seven o'clock on your Friday. Yes, it's our favourite day of the week here at SCNZ. Uh, we got so much going on. 
to get through, through before we finish up today, we're going to chat to Mike Kneebone at New Zealand Bloodstock. We're going to talk to Ricky Swinell about the Hamilton Sevens and so much more. Beef, the first hour though, and if you missed it, you have to go to our podcast channel. <laughs> go to our app because the first hour was dominated by a story of a very confused little young man. Yes, young Joe. Young Joe. I'll tell you what though, what I was thinking is I've got a daughter, Louie. Yes. And, uh, and she's three, but when she gets to an age where she tries to find herself a man, Joey's the sort of one that you'd want your daughter to find, wouldn't you? He really is. He's a compassionate, sensitive soul and, and honest to an absolute fault of his own. Uh, so he's he's one that I would actually give the seal of approval to, to, my, uh, to my daughter. Now... You've kind of put me in a bit of a corner here, Beef, because I don't want to say pump the brakes and then uh, to sound like I'm um, <laughs> I'm taking a swipe at Joe. But there's, there, there might be a, a few practical and organisational skills that you would uh, <laughs> just want to <laughs> tune up. But look, I'd say Joe in a couple of years is going to be an absolute catch. Um, yeah, yeah, he's developing. We've just got some upskillings doing us. A couple of... Um, Joe, do you know how to change a tyre? No clue, no. In fact, I've actually... Funny story, it's good that I'm not driving my car around because I have popped one of the tyres, like, um, <laughs> and I don't know how to take it off, so... Like, it's, um, I mean, I can still drive it, but obviously it's, like, deflating very quickly, um, and so, yeah, every time I drive, I have to fill it up again. So... Don't mention that to the dad who's from, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Detroit known as Motor City? Motor City. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, it is yeah. known as Motor City End, yeah. Yeah. So, mm. like, I agree, while I agree wholeheartedly with everything you say there, Beef, um, yeah, compassionate, honest to a fault, you know, yeah. charming, funny. Um, yes. You know, there's just a couple of practical stuff that, just a couple of things we can tie in the screws on, but we shall be doing that, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, by the t- by the time, <laughs> no, I won't say that. But uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll just park that one there. So it's been um, it's been a big first hour, and B's got you've been under the knife. You got the stitches in. You're in extremely good spirits. Uh, you're off to you're off to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So all is well on our end. But the topic of the week really has been. Well, I mean, I suppose if you're not into sport, it was Jacinda Ardern resigning. But the next, the <laughs> next biggest story, <laughs> the next biggest story, without a shadow of a doubt, mate, was Dave Rennie's uh, unceremonious axing from um, Australian rugby and the Wallabies. Now, you kind of alluded to it. You went viral this week just with some <laughs> what we thought was common sense sort of statements. Yes, our Australian cousins at SCN have tried to ambush you. <laughs> they have successfully, <laughs> and um, I think it's probably just worth noting that I, I don't think that as this ages, anything you said or anything around our gut feeling on on what had happened here and this being about Eddie Jones is going to look anything worse. I, I think, if anything, and I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The the more time and distance we get away from the story, the more ludicrous it's going to actually be. Yes. You know, I, th- I think absolutely. I mean, Super Rugby, apart from the Brumbies, y- you struggle to see how many of them are going to jump out of chair, are you? I think the New Zealand teams have got a lot of depth for share and you've got hungry guys. There's, I reckon there's probably maybe 40-odd guys, maybe even more, with a legitimate chance to be an all-black this year. 
and go to that World Cup. So that's going to make for some absolute hungry, desperate people come Super Rugby, super rugby time. So <laughs> I think New Zealand team's going to be well positioned this year in Super Rugby. And that probably means there's a flow-on effect to some of these other teams that are going in the same competition that come from across the ditch. Now, I'm really glad you mentioned Super Rugby Beef. And again, we want to hear from you on that Kennard's Higher phone line. 0800 150 with the, uh, well, I guess the luxury of a bit more time on the story. And you've had all week to simmer on it and soak on it. Is it any more ludicrous to you than it is to us here at ECNZ? But I'm glad you mentioned Super Rugby Beef because I thought we could do a bit of a thought exercise, a bit of a project. Yes. And, yeah, you know, how many games of Super Rugby did you play? hundred uh, A veteran of a hundred odd Super Rugby games. <laughs> you, know the, you know the standard. You know the quality. And you know how hard it is to then crack that next level, the international scene, and the era that you played in, well, not even arguably, was there was more depth then than there is now. Let's put it that way. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. And I'd like you to let us know here at SCNZ whether they would be the sort of quality that would be starting for the Wallabies currently. Okay. So I'll just ch- I'll lob a couple out and yep. we'll start with a couple of half volleys. Yes. And you might notice that these names I'm about to throw out are all have one thing in common. And, and we'll work out – and we'll, we'll see where Australian rugby's at this way. We'll work it backwards. So okay. if I said to you – Dalton Papali'i. Yes. Would he be starting for the Wallabies? Yeah, I think he would. I mean, obviously they got Hooper there, but I think Dalton, you'd find room to have Dalton, you lose Fortune without a shadow of doubt. What about a guy like Patrick Tui Pilotu? Oh, without a shadow. He'd definitely be starting. In the engine room there? In the engine room there. I think it's been a, I mean, it's been for a good few years, I guess, an issue for the Wallabies. So, guy with that much experience, that much size. Yeah, I think Big, Big Paddy would, uh, if he was uh, born born in Sydney, he would definitely be a Wallaby. What about, and this will be a contentious one, and there's another loose forward, but someone like Peter Gus Sowikula. It is a contentious one because a, a name that obviously I made the big statement that three or four would um, probably only make a, a Wallaby team of the last 40 years will be in the conversation. A name that I, I did leave out and who has to be said was very impressive is Big Rob Valentini. So very similar style footballer to Peter Gus. So you would have to say Valentini would start ahead of him. At the moment, I would have thought so. Now, Peter Gus would Peter Gus would pick up a bench spot, I think, in the Wallaby land at the moment. Brad Weber. Oh, Brad Weber starts for for most teams that I'm coaching. Uh, so yes, heavy starting. Mm, okay, all right. Uh, I'm just going to continue moving down the country if you don't mind. I think this is a great thought experiment. We can we can <laughs> we can we can dissect what this all means in just a wee bit. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah, this is this is where it gets a little bit sketchy, um, but not really. <laughs> a guy like Ethan De Groot is, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. So that's yep. that's a that's a layup. Yep. 
What about... And I can't keep... I can't move away from loose forwards, but what about a guy like Billy Harmon? Well, he'd be in straight competition with Hooper, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's it's too congested, you're right. Yeah. They, they do have... They do have a, a relative depth in the loose fourth, I do believe. Probably still missing a, a an absolute number six lock in, like a like they've had in yesteryear. But you know, with Hooper and Rob Vitini, they they've got the new curse there. So, listifying Anuku. So I'm number one. I'm paid up number one fan club member of Big Lister. When you look at when you look at their backs, he would you would find a spot for him hundred percent. And that you know, obviously Karevi Karevi at his best is the best probably the best centre in the world. So he wouldn't you wouldn't bump him out of centre or out of the midfield. But Leicester from what he does at Super Rugby, he, you'd have to have a starting spot for him. Damien McKenzie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've he would well to be fair either 10 or 15. So, Beeve, those are fringe All Blacks. Yeah. And uh, with about 90% success rate there, you don't have to think too hard about whether they're going to start for the Wallabies. Now, you try to then tell me that Dave Rennie was the one that could that wasn't making it work. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's been a little bit lost in all of the, the hype, the hoopla, that, you know, we've obviously said, well, look... What's he working with? The, what, what we're saying is, I can't imagine Dave Rennie and the echelon coach that he is, where he sits, that he's the reason. And what else, therefore, you take another step back, what have Australia done all this for? Because surely they don't believe, you know, Marinos and, is it McLennan? McLennan? Surely they don't believe, oh, it's clearly the coaching. It's clearly the coaching. The boys haven't gone to him and said, hey, we need to get rid of this guy from across the ditch. He's a terrible coach. That hasn't, surely has not happened. It can't have happened. So therefore, what have they done this for? Obviously, Eddie's Australian. He became on the market. Sure, sign him up for after the next World Cup. But it's just the most bizarre thing, unless you are literally just wanting your your game to be on the front page or back page of the of the Heralds in Sydney on a Sunday, uh, in January, which it now is. So we know what it's not about, and I completely agree, and I think your sentiment all week has been bang on, Beef. It's not about Dave Rennie. This isn't, a, this isn't a conversation about Dave Rennie. No. It never has been. Because that little thought experiment there shows you what they're working with. And by the way, the All Blacks didn't have a flash year last year, no. and they were fringe All Blacks players. So yes. that, that tells you what you need to know there. But on the productivity side of it, when you watch the Wallabies and when you think about the Wallabies and the way they play their rugby, even with Dave Rennie and in yesteryear, well, recent yesteryear, what can they do to actually get better? I think is it, like I made the point talking to the Aussie guys yesterday, is a couple of years ago, what was the stat? They won two from 25. And then last, as far as against Kiwi super teams, and then maybe this year they won seven or eight or, you know, something like that. And it was a slight improvement. There's a massive, I think, there's a massive, like, belief issue to get over. Because when games go down to the last 10 minutes and five minutes, if you didn't go into this game genuinely thinking you believe or... It hasn't washed over you in the previous 70 minutes that, hang on, we will beat these guys today. 
Vin, you can almost see it in their eyes that it's been a gallant sort of performance, but we're not just going to quite make it. And so I think there's, there's a whole generation of, of probably Aussie footballers that, and we're just talking about the All Blacks here, playing the All Blacks, that at times do they actually believe that they're going to get the job done? And, you know, that's something you've got to get over. So can you, I mean, that, that, is, that is less tangible and that makes me wonder, can you coach a little bit of belief with a guy like Eddie Jones, who is all bravado? Well, I mean, he's, he, he's going to have the boys at times thinking they're 10 foot tall and that, but he's also a very hard taskmaster. And if these guys have got any sort of confidence issue, then it's going to be, it's going to be sort of tested with, with Eddie because he's, he's going to talk to them different than Wren's talk to them. I mean, the boys, the boys yesterday on the Aussie show said, oh, was, was Dave Rennie just too nice? And I was like, well, the Dave Rennie I know and the Dave Rennie's reputation in New Zealand is certainly that not of uh, all marshmallows and, f- and fluffy box sort of thing. He is a very hard, demanding coach, but he just does it in a different way than I'd imagine Eddie's very confrontational, um, aggressive nature would be. He's There's no soft aspect to Dave Rennie's coaching, let me tell you that. And to put a staple in this beef, on the field, away from the coach's box, more than anything, positionally, what do the Wallabies need if they want to succeed? Well, I mean, up front, I guess has been a bit of a has been a bit of an issue. This, this scrum has certainly seemed to have turned around. Well, being a lot more competitive when you, you see them how they handle that Northern Hemisphere tour at times, but they've also got to settle on a, what they're doing at ten. So. Bernard Foley and Quade Cooper, I think between the two of them will make up their World Cup 10 because literally what else are they going to go to? Young Lollisier, see, he's, he was the future, but has he, been, has he been burnt too many times and is he going to survive under Eddie? Beav, it's like a young racehorse. You just don't want them being flogged. Like no. you, you can't have them hitting the line at, with horses multiple horses running in front of them and and you know it just breaks their soul it breaks their spirit doesn't it absolutely does so i think yep they're gonna they're gonna go with bernard or, or quade and they've been great players and absolutely you could do you could do a hell of a lot worse than those two but the fact is the only thing that would worry me about those two if you're australian rugby is one of them's coming from japanese second division and quade and then one of them will be coming from japanese top league and that's all good and well, and, and I know we all say, oh, it's, it's an improving game out there, blah, blah, blah. You all say that when you're there. The reality is it is a long way off Super Rugby, and it's an even longer way off Test Match Rugby. So that's not easy for those boys to slot straight back in from there into Test Match footy for the Wallabies. And it's such a, such a position, Louis. I completely hear you. Here's one question for you. 0800 If you had a magic wand or the magic bullet that maybe uh, Hamish McLennan and Andy Marathonos were looking for and you could poach one All Black to play in the Wallabies at this World Cup to make a significant difference, who would it be? Double eight, double three. Who's your one name that could actually make a difference? I mean, they're not going to find it, let's be honest. So let's just go hypothetical here and dream. Let's be dreamers. Maybe that's what they were wanting us to do anyway. 20 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Just after this, beef, we're going to introduce you to one of our favourite people on the show. We're going to go to North America and we're going to catch up with Joe's father-in-law. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to catch up with the Philly captain because, yeah, 
The Eagles. The Eagles. Well, they play the Giants this weekend in the NFL, and a lot of people think that this is their year. They're going back to the Super Bowl, baby. We'll ask the Philly captain after this. SENZ Radio.NZ. Cricket to rugby. SENZ with 26 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Izzy and Kempi on holiday for one weekend longer. It's Louie and Beeve here, and while we have one cult icon co-hosting the breakfast show this week in the Beeve, I thought we'd introduce you, Beeve, to our other cult icon, the Philly captain on the precipice of greatness by his Philly Eagles. The captain, incoming. Welcome. How are you? Oi, boys, Louie and Beaver, how are you guys doing today? <laughs> captain, how good to be in conversation with you first time. Man, I love talking to a guy named Beaver. Oh, my God, is this exciting. <laughs> It is exciting, Philly captain, because your Eagles, what do they say about the Eagles? Is that fly, baby, fly, or is that another team? I don't know. The fly, baby. Let me teach you. You go, fly, Eagles, fly. Ain't no babies. These are grown men. These are grown men on a destination to the Super Bowl. And nothing, nothing will stop the Philadelphia Eagles from beating the New York Giants. This Sunday in Philadelphia. So, Captain, the, the only issue with all of this is last time we spoke to you, well, we, we were meant to chat to you after every time the Phillies won a game, but we went on our weekend and we never spoke to you again. So what happened in the MLB World Series? You jerks took days off and I couldn't get <laughs> on New Zealand radio for good luck. And I blame... Not Beaver and Louie, but I blame Izzy and Kempe for not having me back on the air. And also the Houston Astros are dirty, dirty cheaters. They lean in the pitches. Their pitchers use sticky stuff. They can't win things fair and square. All of those things. Not the Phillies playing the field. Not the Phillies getting no hit. All those things <laughs> cause the Phillies from losing the World Series. Now, Captain, uh, talking about this weekend, are we at all concerned about this character, Danny Dimes, or what? Not concerned. We are not concerned about any. I'll tell you what I'm concerned about. The game is at 8 p.m., which means the people of Philadelphia are going to start tailgating around 8 a.m. So I'm just worried that everybody in the stadium is going to be completely uh, intoxicated and um, it's just going to be an unsafe place to be if you're a New York Giant or a New York Giants fan. Well, Captain, like famously, you sledged the Astros for being cheaters. You, you sledge anyone that Philly fans can get their teeth into. Uh, any Anywhere, the Sixers, the, the, the Eagles, you, you just sledge. So what have you got prepared for the Giants, uh, Dable, Dimes? What do you have for them? Well, this is what we're going to do. Listen, the Giants are a garbage team. They barely made the playoffs. Um, they're, they're, they, I, I think their quarterback's name is Daniel Jones. What a horrible name for a quarterback. You know what our quarterback's name is? Jalen Hurts. Man, that sounds like a great name. I wouldn't want to cut it. Nobody in your radio station's named Daniel Jones, I hope. But <laughs> Daniel Jones is a horrible name for an athlete. Um, I, I'm not really worried about the Giants. They, they were they were subpar all season. The Philadelphia Eagles were the elite team in the NFL all season long. There's no doubt in my mind, Eagles skate. Just easy, easy game. Um, it's 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 a uh, if you if you have money, bet it all on the Philadelphia Eagles. Talking about Jalen, is he he's deserving of the MVP? Is he? 
Well, he was hurt for a few games. So sometimes that's going to hurt you if um, your team, uh, if you don't play the full season, you might not win the MVP. But here's the thing. The, the team didn't play so good without him. So I think it just proves the fact that he's the MVP of the season. He's a scrambling, running, throwing. He is the, the ultimate threat in the NFL. And you're the ultimate threat to New Zealand radio airwaves, Philly Captain. Uh, we absolutely love having you. Oh, my you. God. Are you, are, 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 you, are you afraid of one team? Is there any team that makes you quiver in the NFL? Uh the team that makes me quiver? Is there any team that makes me scared? I tell you what, the only thing I'm afraid of is a Philadelphia Eagle fan after 10 hours of drinking. Anything else? I'm not afraid. Let's go. I am not afraid of anybody. A lot of people were talking about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a garbage team with a garbage fan base, and they live in nothing but snow. I am not afraid of anybody. Let's go, Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! And that's the Philly captain for another Friday, Beef. How did your first encounter go with the, the captain? I need to spend more time with the captain. <laughs> <laughs> He's someone else. I don't reckon you'd want him sober driving you to your Chili's concert no. tomorrow. No, I'd, I'd question. I'd question if he was sober <laughs> tomorrow night. Twenty nine away from eight. The Philly captain back for more. Your ticks on Super Rugby and what can save Australian rugby up after this, including our voice choices flooring poll as well. It's twenty nine away from eight. I absolutely love the captain every time. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping Aotearoa. Twenty-seven away from eight o'clock. Uh, this half-hour song sponsored by the Philly Captain. He is absolutely on it all the way until the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. Just a quick set of headlines before I throw a poll at you, Beave. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make your job easier because of just that. Andy Murray has progressed through this morning. When we got on air, full context, just after six o'clock, he had match points against Tanasi Kokonakis. He's won on a five-set thriller that's gone for about five hours, 40 minutes. This is the same Andy Murray who's got a metal hip and he's been playing tennis for a very, very long time. Elsewhere in the Australian Open, Casper Ruud dumped out beef. Yes. Yep, didn't see that coming, but uh, geez, it's been some... Been some seeds get uh, get sent packing from Melbourne. Absolutely, there has. Diego Schwartzman as well, uh, dumped out in straight sets by JJ Wolf. Uh, today, over there, we've got some brilliant matchups, including Cam Norrie as he looks to continue, and Karen Kashinov versus Francis TFO at 9 pm tonight. That will be a blockbuster. Don't miss out on that. It's probably my game of the evening over there at Melbourne Park. And the White Ferns T20 squad has been named for their World Cup. Uh, some staples, everyone you would expect in that squad. You can pop online and find out all of the details, but divine to captain, you got Bates, and all of your regulars. Now, a Choices for in poll time, Beef, and I always look forward to this. Choices for a New Year's carpet sale is on now. Start this year off in style at the Choices for a New Year's carpet sale. A nice simple one for you. And it's actually inspired by you. Um, the events this weekend, well, there's so many. Caracamillion, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Black Clash, Hamilton Sevens. Head into your app, SENZ, click on Beeve and Louie for breakfast and 
have your choice. If you could only go to one, and you might be going to one, which one would you go to? Is it an easy choice? Beeve, you are going to one, but I'm curious. Yes. Did you realise all of this was on on the same weekend? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Chili Peppers still is a once-in-a-lifetime has to be ticked off for me. Um, if Timmy Mickelson was playing the sevens, I would have probably had to have... I would have probably snuck down Sunday, but uh, injury is uh, is keeping the great man out. Um, but cracking millions in Pukekohe, I had earmarked it as I'm going. And then obviously get back from the festive season and realise the dates and all the clashes. So, yeah, I'd like to go to them all, to be fair, Louis. I really would. And who knows? I might just try and somehow tick off more than one. I love that from you. I love that from you. You've been game all week long, and it's going to head into the weekend. Uh, double eight, double three. Karakamillion, Black Clash, Dread Hot Chili Peppers, Hamilton Sevens. You get one chance, <laughs> one opportunity. <laughs> and it's not an Eminem concert either. And but, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and and has died <laughs> peroxide here. Uh, you get one chance. Where are you going to go? You let us know, and we will uh, read those poll results at about eight thirty. Double eight, double three, or go into the app and have your choice. A couple of texts there, Beave, on the rugby situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one from Mark here. I wouldn't trust anything Anthony Marino says. This is coming from the guy who, when he was in charge of Super Rugby, said it had no strategic plan. I think Aussies have shot themselves in the foot and getting rid of Dave Rennie. Well, Mark, I've, I've long expressed that this week, that uh, he's as good as they're going to get as far as a rugby coach goes. Uh, we asked who Aussie might need, if they could, to uh, sort their team out. A couple of great texts here. Uh, Richie McCaw. Um, a, I, I don't know if Richie's available, but he would certainly help things, absolutely. Uh, Cam, good one here. Morning, lads. For me, it would be the magic man from the south, Richie Moanga. He would completely change the dynamic of the Wallabies team. The Wallabies need the direction and flair from a 10 like Richie. And like you said, Lollasia. Well, Lollasia isn't up to it just yet, and they can't rely on Quaid staying healthy. That's from Cam. Thank you, Cam. Uh... <laughs> Hey, Louis, Rugby Australia would have to decide what they need, obviously. Based on pure talent, Artie. Based on what they need, Richie Moanga again. Based on turning the team around mentally, Whitelock. There you go. That's great text from Paddy. He's covered the bases there. And from a winning perspective, I mean, Sam Whitelock, he was playing when you were on the team, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yep, absolutely. So, no, he would... uh... You need guys that can handle that last sort of five or so minutes and uh, none so better in, in positions of pressure calling, such as lineouts and, and getting the direction of a team game and, and someone like Sam Whitelock. So absolutely, that would be that'd be a good one. Uh, just finally, and, and for those who weren't listening, we you got to re- listen to the first 40 minutes of this show if you get a chance because it was fascinating. Uh, the most fascinating thing was where young Joe ended up our our ever-organised and champion producer. Um, <laughs> the Joe discussion is like the scene from the castle when the mum said, I looked at that man and thought, he's got principles. You're coming across very well, Joe. There's no doubt about it. You really are. But there's just a few errors that the lads down at the pub would would debate with you more than anything. It's... It, this has been quite an incredible situation. The 
the outpouring of support after Joe has admitted to telling the girl that he told he loves after knowing her for 20 days that he has a crush on his flatmate. It's it's a it's a subplot and a story twist that not even a Oscars nominated director could have written, I don't think, Beef. No, no. And us knowing Joe like we do off here, there's a little bit of GST you could probably throw on it to make it an absolute Hollywood blockbuster without a shadow. <laughs> 20 away from mate. Loving your texts on the Temper Post text machine. Keep them steaming in. Uh, Mike Kneebone. Now, he is a good man. He is a good racing man. He's based in Australia, works for New Zealand Bloodstock. We're talking Karaka Millions. We're talking Karaka Sales. We'll see if we can sweet talk Beave into some corporate hospitality on his way to the Chili's after this. We'll see how we go. Stay with us. It's ECNZ. It certainly is. The boys back on Monday. It's Louis and Beef till then. And New Zealand Bloodstock's where winning begins this weekend and next weekend. It's all about New Zealand Bloodstock, as it rightly should be. And on the line with us, he's uh, Director of Business Development, based out of Aussie, running the ship there for NZB. An excellent auctioneer too. It's Mike Kneebone. G'day, Mike. Yeah, good morning, boys. Hey, uh, appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to us. You must start to fizz up this time of year, Mike. Um, weirdly having the Magic Millions run yesterday, but Karaka this weekend, the excitement levels percolating? Yeah, absolutely it is. And um, no, building up to be a really exciting, exciting day um, out there at Pukekohe, and um, everyone's really looking forward to it. Absolutely, as they should be. This um, Karaka Million concept that's been around for a wee while now, from your perspective, being based out of Australia and knowing that market like you do, how influential has the racing aspect been towards the sales and the flow on? Oh, I think it's it's always been a good um, you know incentive for people to uh, come over to the sales. Obviously, the New Zealand breeds um, you know aren't, aren't naturally. Uh, two-year-olds as such but that was the the reason behind the Caracas three-year-old classic because ultimately um, you know people didn't we didn't want them waiting too long to get the horses up and going so the two-year-old race has has been an integral part of it but as we can see uh, the fields have just improved year after year and and, um, you know classic Kiwi three-year-olds that are are, um, you know, been our flag bearer for many, many years, uh, is proven now with the, the uh, quality of the three-year-old race. And Mike, uh, morning, mates. And uh, are you, when all this started, can you believe what it's blown into in the event that it is? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, we've sort of always had a goal to have, have uh, you know, the best race meeting in New Zealand. And, um, you know, it's a very exciting concept the way it works with with just the um sort of six races over such a short period of time in the evening obviously we can't have it before the um caracas sales this year but uh that's not going to take any shine away from uh, anyone that collects a trophy on saturday that's for sure why is um mike i don't know i don't know if you even can answer this and i don't know if anyone can but why is it that we are such a a country that produces thoroughbreds, but the price of which that they're bought then go on to succeed. The bargain hunters have an absolute field day at Karaka. Like, is there any reason why that is? Well, auctioneers always got an answer for a start, but um, <laughs> you know, at the end of at the end of the day, um, look, New Zealand has always been a place of quality. 
um, horses with value, you know, and, and we're really proud to have that, that title on the world market as, um, you know, the best value market in the world for thoroughbreds. It's a great one to have because... Uh, We might have lost Mike in a black spot there. We'll get Neeps to sort that out. It is quite sensational, though, Beef, the the price at the, what a lot of these Group 1 winners go on to be that they're sold for. Coming out of the New Zealand sales versus competing sales around the world, I, I can't believe it. Every time, it just shocks me. You, you circle back and you look at these Karaka million, the value of these Karaka million runners, and I think the average price of them is over, a touch over $100,000. But for a million-dollar race, and compare that to other places around the world, it is astounding. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, there's always legendary stories, isn't there, about, oh, this was passed over or this was thrown out to the scrap heap and it ends up being this champion horse, doesn't it? So it gives us all us little... Uh, little buyers uh, a thought that we could get onto something obviously we're not in the izzy dag syndicate or world so you know it just gives us hope doesn't it yeah just the battlers like you and me beef uh, unlike yeah. the, the bears mccullums and the uh, izzy dags of the world um which no doubt bears will be knee deep this year mike we got you back yeah yeah sorry about that i was gonna say before that um you know that that tag that uh, or title that new zealand holds around the world is as the um you know the value bloodstock sale of the world is is uh, something that we're really proud of, as I said. And um, you know the the value is just proven year in and year out. And uh, whether it be Hong Kong or the best races in Australia, Singapore, or or obviously here in New Zealand, um, they they come to the fore on the big days. Mate, is there any lots in particular this year uh, that you've got your eye on? Well, I've been in New Zealand since uh, the 7th of January, so, you know, we try and get round. Well, we will look at every single horse by the time the sale starts. So uh, as many as we can get around the farms, uh, we do. And, um, you know, look, without out picking out anyone in particular, there's, there's just horses right throughout every draft. I think it's very even sale. I think, um, I think some of the uh, newer vendors that are, are coming into the, Four in the last few years are going to have some good sales from what I can see and then you've got the obvious ones like the Waikato's and Windsor's and Cambridge's, uh, Trelawney's, Hounui's, those sorts of um, you know proven farms that, that always have magnificent horses and uh, you know when having a look around the farms here in the Waikato um, and I'm sure it's like that right throughout the country, the countryside looks magnificent and uh, you know the horses have had a great great uh, growing spell. Mike, you, you boxed yourself into the corner when you said auctioneers always have an answer, so I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, you can't really pick favourites, but declare us a stallion this, this sale and this year that you reckon might just go berserk. Well, you know, you'd like to think the, the um, you'd like to think that Poisseur is going to be um, really well sought after. I think it'll be the last time that we'll see for many years um, you know, to come that he's got so many horses in the book too. And, you know, in saying that, the book too is an outstanding catalogue. Uh, there's, there's very little in the two books these days. It's, it's a touch of pedigree and a, maybe a little bit of confirmation and maybe not as fashionable size in some cases. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that he's a sire that um, has really put his hand up and, 
and uh, I, I think that you know he'll be the one to look out for this year as far as um, people being able to come over and have a selection of 20-something of them in the book one and 20 of them in the book two. Now, Mike, I might not be buying anything from Karaka this year, but I want to get some money on the race. Who's winning the two-year-old uh, two-year-old race tomorrow at Pookie? Uh, well, I think once again, um, you know, it's going to be a very, a very even sort of a race there. I, if you go on the old um, uh, Ellerslie draws a horse like Trobri, and nothing's ever won from draw six and he's got uh you know that one's got that this year um i i think tokyo tycoon i think it's um i think it's pretty impressive 14's always been no trouble at Ellerslie for uh runners in the karaka two-year-old million and um he's been extremely uh extremely impressive um you know in saying that any of the our horses are good. Ethereal Star's been great. And Pender Bell of uh, Pikey's will be ready. Um, but for me, I, I like I like the Satana Aladdin. Beautiful stuff, Mike. Appreciate your time. That's Mike Kneebone. He's a fine auctioneer. He's uh, doing really, really solid work for New Zealand Bloodstock in Australia. And the Double Tree by Hilton Karakamillion two-year-old is tomorrow. He's got Tokyo Tycoon on top. 550 bees. Yes. Climb your it. way on in. <laughs> Big on right man. Now. <laughs> Six away from eight. Back soon. Four minutes past 8am this morning, uh, 20th of January. Hope your summer is flying by. Izzy and Kimby back on Monday. Looking forward to the lads getting started. Stuck in Beaver will be back with Kirst on the run home. And uh, tomorrow I'll be out at Pukakaui for the good oil from three to eight. The mail run still eight till ten with Michael Guerin as well. We got a lot to decipher. Are you leaning one way or another, Beaver, in the uh, Karaka Millions? I've already leant. I've gone hard. I'm on Tokyo. You've been talking about it. So I just got the final. The final sign-off by uh, Mr. Kneebone. So, yeah, that's where, that's where my money is. Uh, don't you go changing your tune now on Tokyo Tycoon? No, I just think it's it's um, a wonderful tribute to Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern to go hard and go early and <laughs> <laughs> and to, to stake your claim a full 36 hours or so out or 30 hours out, Beaver. We'll, um, we'll chat to Paul Moati and we'll find out where the market support is going in just a wee bit. We're also going to have our Friday tip before the end of the show, but right now, five minutes past eight, let's bring some uh, broadcasting sense and sensibility. Yeah. Actually, just some overall sense and sensibility. Some professionalism. Some professionalism, some credibility, integrity, you know, you name it. She's got it. It's Ricky Swinnell because, well, the Hamilton Sevens gets underway this weekend, and Ricky, it's a... A strange old time where we might not have too many of these left slash ever again. So, how are you feeling on the eve of these the sevens tournament? Yeah, well, I'm a bit concerned about that. I'm the one bringing the professionalism and levity to this show. But for, for first of all, on a Friday morning, um, look, oh, look, it's, it's sad, isn't it? You know, the, the uh, sevens event in New Zealand has been such a big part of our, our summers for, for so long. And I guess having not had it for the last two years as well, it sort of suddenly feels like, oh, it's kind of being ripped away. Like I can 
I can understand the logic and the reasoning by, by behind the decision that has been made when they're looking and we still don't know what it's going to look like. You know, the whole seven series is, is changing completely. I don't think it'll be the last we see in this, guys. I think it's now on New Zealand rugby to kind of come up with something. They are going to have to relook at, at how sevens works. Um, but look, I think this weekend it's pretty well said. Everybody's quite amped for it. I'm you know, really excited to to get into it. Teams are all here and been, some of them have been here for ages, seem to be enjoying themselves. So um, it'll be a, a one good final party, I think, in, in Hamilton. Well, speaking of parties in Hamilton, you can kickstart your Hamilton at a Grins party tonight. Ricky's that old bear uh, later on, so I'll, uh, I'll expect oh, to have wow. a few of you. I'll expect to have a few of you down there. Is the official invite? It's the official invite. Um, no, just bank. thank you. Yes, oh, I know oh, you. Wow. Well, talk about reliving the <laughs> reliving oh, ex- then. Exactly. <laughs> The iconic. Um, you just touched on the um, the fact that the sevens the sevens circuit is changing. Before we get into this weekend, is there anything that any more information that you can sort of shed on it? And what direction you talk about the new direction? I presume it's more tournaments in a clustered area. Is that is that what we're talking? No, not necessarily. What they're looking to do is basically they want to have seven sevens tournaments, seven tournaments in. Um, in summer hotspots, effectively, or um, you know, so some will stay. Hong Kong won't be going anywhere. That will still stay um, on the schedule. I'm, I'm sure um, we'll see Dubai. And I know you know you've been in, in Dubai, Beaver. It's sort of looking towards more than um, offering more than just kind of rugby and beer over a couple of days. It changes. Yep. It'll change the structure. There's going to be. 12 teams in each competition. The formats are going to change a little bit, but that's what I mean for you know for New Zealand rugby. They now have to look at okay, so what else are we going to give these teams and these players? Because under the new structure, they'll only play seven competition tournaments, you know, seven weekends. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's just it's going more towards being uh, not just the sporting package. It's it's entertainment across the board, a little bit of a festival feel to adding to the rugby, which was what they do in Dubai. You know, Craig David played, um, <laughs> you know, on the on the Sunday night, which I guess he was very good. I didn't go. Oh, um, but, he was so very good. Sort of stuff. Oh, did you go? You, yeah, oh, I, I oh yeah, I heard he was brilliant. You know, so <laughs> it's kind of looking at that sort of thing um, and. And and just changing it up, and I think we could see. Um, and like, look, I, this is not from any inside knowledge. A couple of quite unique locations pop up that maybe we haven't seen um, the sevens played at before as well. Uh, it's it's all positive, and and I guess on this weekend, uh, the Kiwi teams. How do you think they're both placed to uh, to give Hamilton the farewell it deserves? Yeah, uh, well, both of them defending champions. Um, the Aussie women are going to come here and absolutely want to ruin it for New Zealand um, after New Zealand won in Cape Town. New Zealand have got, well, four of their World Cup stars coming back in, but they've only just been back in training. So, um, you know, it's a big test of them. They are four of the best players in the country, though. Portia, Portia Woodman Whitcliffe, new name. Uh, Sarah Hidden, Stacey Fluter and Teresa Fitzpatrick. New Zealand have lost Kelly Brazier. Uh, to injury as well, so that's a, a blow for them. But some of the young women in that team have really stepped up. So the guys, oh yeah, I mean the men's competition is so competitive. I think we've had different finalists, different semi-finalists, different winners in all three tournaments so far. You know, Australia won in Hong Kong and then didn't didn't make the the this, um, quarterfinals the next week, and that's 
kind of where it is. There's about eight or nine, probably nine or ten men's teams who are, you know, vying every weekend for at least a quarter final and then some real regular contenders. So massive challenge um, for, for the guys' team, for the New Zealand men this weekend because, yeah, like everybody else, like, you know, like the women's team, everyone will be gunning for them here. Yeah, there's nothing quite like parity, is there, in any sort of sports competition or league. It's what they all want, Ricky. And yeah. you, you mentioned New Zealand rugby might need to rethink how they approach this to make sure we don't lose sevens. Where is sevens at as a sport in the ecosystem of not just rugby but New Zealand sport? Because the face of it, as you know, is changing and what people are interested in. And at face value, sevens seems like that exact sort of format that it would do really, really well in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, I think so. I think the issue that sevens has, and, you know, it's one thing that, reason why they're making the changes is they're very long days and you can't keep a, a, a crowd in and you can't keep a TV audience from 9am till 10pm with you know game after game I think for New Zealand, for, for the women's game it's huge, it's, for a lot of girls it's the entry into the game You know, we've got some pretty remote parts of the country that they might not be able to get two lots of 15s teams together but they can get seven, you know, they can get seven on seven for girls to be able to play and so that's their entry into the game I think you could probably argue that the Black Fern 7s and the Black Fern 15s brand is very strong at the moment for, for the women's game. And, and like I said, you know, Stacey Fluler and, and Portia Woodman, Whitcliffe, and I've got to keep practising saying her name that way so I get it on my head. Um, <laughs> and, and um, you know, Sarah Hidden are some of the most recognisable faces in the game now. For the men, I, it, it's probably different. And, and, you know, we're going to see a couple of guys in Super Rugby this year who've just come out of out of playing in the 7s. Caleb Tungitow's at the Blues after being absolutely brilliant on the seven series this year. So, you know, for Clark Laidlaw and his team, they're massively talent-spotting. They pick young guys up out of school, put them into effectively a professional game, or very much a professional game, and their role is almost, it seems, setting them up to go to Super Rugby and to, to go on to other things which in itself is challenging, right? Because everyone still expects the New Zealand men's sevens team to be winning every tournament without maybe realising and recognising how competitive the series is and absolutely being on the top, on the podium, if not the top of the podium, come the Olympics. So, yeah, look, I think as a, as a way to get new eyes onto the sport, sevens is a, is a great way to do that and potentially more so through the women's game. Now, as we mentioned at the start, Ricky, you are the ultimate professional. But are you gonna are you gonna wind back the clock as far as the historic nature of this weekend and a bit of a tip of the hat to the sevens history in this country and potentially show up in fancy dress for the commentary? Do you know, yeah, we had this conversation um, at the Cape Town sevens. We're like, we sh- we need to we need to go fancy dress one to, uh, or you know theme up each, each weekend and. This weekend, absolutely nobody is on board with it. It's so, oh. <laughs> very disappointing. No, so but we have we have had that very discussion about uh, at least one tournament every so often. Um, yeah, getting some getting some fancy dress. But looking forward looking forward to seeing the ugly baby heads this weekend, um, who I have a love hate relationship with in, in the sevens crowd. Um, to see, you know, they they are always the classics. Um, I don't know. I would see what what's your uh, what would what would be your go costume beef? Well, I've still got those uh, dozen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles costumes I bought to go watch the uh, Timmy at the um, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, which no one ever told me that you don't actually dress up when you go to the Sevens at the Commonwealth Games. So I've still got them <laughs> sitting there that I probably need to get some use out of. 
Absolutely. You wouldn't want to see them go to waste. Yeah, I'm, I'm also not sure what the, uh, the alcohol sponsorship situation is at Hamilton, but I'm sure Beeb's got some grins kit that he could uh, flick, <laughs> flick you have. If you hit along tonight, Ricky, you could probably... Um, I'll get, it. get your bucket hat, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> oh, God, I think, I think that, isn't it called the ambush marketing or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know what? We're proud of it. <laughs> no shame in that. Hey, Rick, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Enjoy the uh, event. Call well, and we'll all tune in. Thanks, guys. Hey, Beef, you look after yourself out there in Hamilton at the Jungle, mate, this weekend. I will. I will. And you know where I'll be tonight, Rick. Okay. See you, guys. There you See go. ya. Ricky uh, She's outstanding. Outstanding. A lot of fun and very sharp broadcaster, uh, Beaver. It is crazy to me to think that. And I think it's crazy to a lot of the seven stars themselves that this might be it. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's interesting. We must. I'm trying to think who I was on when we had Dallas Fisher on, who's obviously one of the chief organisers of the Hamilton Sevens, and he alluded to the fact that, oh, give us a month and you'll hear more. And then Rick sort of alluded to the fact that the New Zealand scene has to, well, they're going to have to come up with more tournaments because you can't pay people 12 months of a year to be a Sevens player and have seven tournaments. So I would not be surprised if there is work getting done to have a big event in Fiji. Oh. That that jumps off that jumps off my thought process straight away. And then if you had Fiji then I'd think it would make sense to have another New Zealand one. And I I know it's not a huge crowd um as far as venue, but talking to people who have been there and, and young fellas who have played in it, why aren't we resurrecting the Queenstown Sevens? Like I know the Provincial Sevens used to be there. And I used to look at the Provincial Sevens and you think, that's an event that I want to go to because it just looks so awesome there. I think it's Wakatipu, uh, the rugby club there in the middle of Queenstown. So if they're talking about maybe New Zealand Rugby having to come up with you know its own event, not part of a series, then maybe somewhere in, like Queenstown, obviously trying up the capacity a bit, but what an event that would be. I um I can see something coming on the horizon, and it wouldn't be quite as uh, it'd be different to Queenstown. But this new Christchurch Stadium is going to have to the, the city council is going to have to spend money to to fill that new stadium with marquee yes. events to market it, yep. and to make it worth its while. And Christchurch is a brand new city. The biggest issue with Christchurch at the minute, Beaver, is it doesn't have people. They're really struggling to get people into the centre of the town and make the use of it. So I can see that being something. And what would it look like? So there's the seven tournaments and then they have a couple of invitationals around yes, the world. Yes, that's what I'm imagining they have. And, uh, and I guess that's where New Zealand's got to, I guess, front foot it as far as getting, essentially getting tournaments happening to, to justify these guys being full-time professionals because we certainly don't want to lose that aspect of it, as Ricky, Ricky alluded to, the fact that these guys, more often than not, are using this as a pathway into professional rugby. And, and New Zealand are using it as a bit of a moulding a moulding time to get these guys out of school. Yep, you're not ready for Super Rugby straight out of school. We know you're going to be a Super Rugby player one day. Let's get you in a training regime. Let's get you learning the disciplines of being a professional rugby player. But she alluded to the fact that what the what the seven tournaments have now got to look like. Like, if you go to... I, I am still blown away by that Dubai event. When I went over there, obviously, I went over there playing the 10 social aspect. But that was... That was a major part of the actual Dubai event. You got all these people out the backfields playing social sport, the the tens, the netball, uh, CrossFit competitions, wow. six aside cricket. That's all going down on the outer arenas from sort of nine till two ish, 
and then everyone's there. They've got massive, massive uh, complexes for the kids, bouncy castles like you've never seen. And it's just this pop-up sort of little city where it's all going down. All the big HSBC tents are there, VIPs, like all the corporate stuff. And then it all just floods into the stadium. And they have this amazing event there. So when she talks about an event, I don't think we can comprehend. I know Hamilton's done the best they can. Um, Wellington was obviously an event, which was a party, a straight pure party, which was great. But as an event... When you see the things like what Dubai puts on, wow! You can see, you can see why maybe we are falling off, falling off the uh, circuit if that's if that's what the uh, standard setter is. It was great perspective, mate. I had no idea, and and that it just really does put it in perspective. It just we are we are little scale, we're small fry in New Zealand. I would just say if someone like Carl Budge can get Sale GP oh, event into Littleton, 100%. New Zealand rugby has to be able to create a sevens invitational here in New Zealand to keep the sport alive. It just is a no-brainer. But, I, I mean, like I was explaining to Dubai there just a second ago, Louis, what that, that event looks like. And, and it's I feel I feel sorry for people trying to organise events in New Zealand because us Kiwis go to these events overseas and go, wow, how cool is this? Why don't we do this in New Zealand? New Zealand would love this. But there's so much, I guess, red tape. and Culturally, you know, it's just different as well. Yeah, well, culturally, we would enjoy this. But, you know, a place like Dubai, for example, um, that is the absolute circle in their social itinerary. And, you know, in New New Zealand, we've got so many activities that people do at the weekends that to focus in on something like that is, you know, oh, well, the Hamilton's and Sevens are on. Oh, I'm actually going fishing this weekend. Or, you know, I'm going to the beach. You know, there's just so much other options for our recreational time and spend. But I do think, because of how much red tape there is that they've to organise things like this, like I mean, for example, in Hamilton, you, you're going to be cut to probably one drink by about mid-afternoon, you know, and it's going to be half strength, you know. So when you think about things like that, I can assure you, elsewhere in the world, they don't they don't have such red tape to get through. Oh, give me a spell, eh? Those, speaking of red, those red badge characters, oh dear. <laughs> Deary me. And then the choices for in poll right now is in the app. What event do you want to go to this weekend? Chili's, Karakamillion, Black Clash or the Sevens? I mean, we're stepping on our own toes. We can't get out of our own way at the moment as we've spoken about today, Beef. So you can go and have your choice and we'll get those results just after 8.30. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Paulie Mawadi, not far away. 25 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Ooh-wee, it is hotting up in here. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Giving it a good old whirl before we handball back to the lads on Monday morning. Uh, a couple of quick sports headlines for you, Beef. Here at 8.30, Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. The breakers are officially slumping, brother. They are yes. four on the trot, which is not good. No, and how low could they slip? Dangerous. They couldn't slip out of finals contention. Are they guaranteed finals? I don't know if they're guaranteed because there's a month to go, but it would be, mm. oh, it would be stunning to me if they don't make finals. But all of a sudden... Those top two seeds yes. are looking very unlikely. Um, also, a man you know well, Ross Filippo. He's got a Super Rugby gig. Yes. Yes. No, I, it caught me by surprise too. I didn't think that was on his on his horizon right now. Um, but, yeah, no, he's been added to the Chiefs mix. He has been as an assistant coach. So that's exciting for big Ross. And as we said, and you heard in other news, the uh, – 
White Ferns World Cup squad has been launched into orbit, and uh, you can go and find that online wherever you get your sports news, including the ECNZ app. I'm sure we'll have that in there. Uh, Sophie Devine skippering Susie Bates. But Hazen, who the uh, ring and well, not the ring and I should say, the uh, wicketkeeper being recalled, the recalled wicketkeeper. So that's exciting news. Right, now, choices for a poll. Let's settle this once and for all. Start this year off in style at the choices for a New Year's carpet sale. Essentially, what I've asked you is, of all the events this weekend, what are you going to? What could you go to? What do you want to go to? The Crocomillion, the Black Clash, Red Hot Chili Peppers, or Hamilton Sevens. And I'm not surprised, but Red Hot Chili Peppers has come out on top beef because, as you point out, it doesn't happen often. No. And as time goes on with these bands, who knows when they're coming back on these world tours? Uh, I dare say the Chili's have probably made enough that they can probably put their feet up if they wanted to. Or they might just like getting out of the house and going touring, which I would imagine is pretty damn cool uh, every now and again you'd get sick of it I'd imagine Louis but uh, then you sit at home for a couple of weeks and goes no I think we'll get back on the road <laughs> it is crazy like you think about the amount of on stage minutes bands like oh. the Chili's and oh, I mean you think about uh, who was touring here recently that are still going that you just couldn't imagine Guns and Roses GNR it's like the amount of minutes they have logged yeah mate it was funny because I, I went to that one and they literally, behind, I was in a good spot where I could see what was going on behind stage. And literally, as it was getting an end to their show, the big uh, Mercedes vans were coming in in their convoy. And literally, as the show was over, bang, in there and out. Which I'd imagine is a, uh, is a common thing with their operations these days, obviously. On to the next airport, on to the next whatever it is. You don't think it was escorting them to a uh, after party? In years gone by, I'd have said without a shadow of a doubt, but uh, I'm not sure. How many after parties do you need when, <laughs> you know, you've probably had a few after parties in your time. Actually, talk, speaking about after parties, um, you've, yeah. you've done a hard yakker, a hard week's work, including um, having to go under the knife to get some glass out of your foot yesterday. You've got a bit of an after party for the big week you've had tonight. What's the story here? Well, we've got to, yeah, well, obviously wanted to get involved in the, in the sevens weekend of Hamilton where the Grins party uh, at the iconic bank, which is probably Hamilton's most famous bar um, on the corner there in Victoria Street, are having a, a Sevens Grins pre-party. So uh, we, we're grinifying up the bank and uh, there'll be some giveaways, as there always is at these things, some wonderful Grins merch and, uh, you know, a bit of Sevens pre-party for all those making a weekend of it. So you're asking them to tack on an extra night? I am, but only because... Uh, Tie one on, Beef says. They've been robbed this year because uh, Monday's not a public holiday, which often it is, so they'll probably lose Sunday night. So have a crack Friday, guys. Okay. Yeah. Climb into it. We trust you. <laughs> Follow Beef, we shall. Uh, Cam says, Taliska's last two runs have been huge. Both times unlucky not to get up. Last run almost ran down Troy Brown, so hopefully Pookie's long straight does and wonders... We'll be putting Taliska in the multi for sure. How's the Quaddy Crush going, Louis? We are allergic to a collect in the Quaddy Crush at the moment, as CEO Craig Hutchison said to my face unflinchingly, mm. which is the sort of thing you can do. Um, yes, <laughs> you can say anything. <laughs> and I would, yeah, just smile and nod. 
So we'll be looking to get one up tomorrow, Cam. Make sure you go to the Quaddy app and uh, upload your Quaddies. Help me out there. And, Beav, I'm about to send you another DIY power play. I'm gonna, Please. What, what we're going to do is we're going to spend $100. We're going to put two separate $50 ones on, both to collect yes. 500 So looking to four times our money. Spread the risk. Yes. Before you before you send me that one, we just up uh, this is it Ethereal Starset. Oh, she's just a wonderful filly. She is worth six hundred thousand dollars. So the BGP Punters Club could buy her outright. Uh, yes. If, if they go to the sales with that money, they won't be doing that. Um, her mum won started favourite in the Victorian Oaks. Yes. So she's talented, and she's had two runs this prep. She's been put away. And I know that Andrew Forsman, who had a huge spring, is absolutely delighted with her. So another one that we've got to keep under keep under wraps, is it? Well, actually, what I'll do is, I'll, because I'll, I don't want to just send you the mail beef, this is what I'm doing. So we've got two on, this is the second one. Ethereal Star, top four, $1.80. Taliska, top four, two ten. Shoes, top eight, $1.90. Ulanova, top eight, $1.55. So we're going to take... Eight separate horses, and I hope one of those two DOA power plays gets up and will clear about 400 bucks. So that's the play. What was that last one you chucked in, the last top eight one? Ulanova. Ulanova. Okay. Okay. There we go. That's what we're doing. Well, that's what I'm doing. And after this, I'll tell you what we're all doing, and that's the Friday tipple, so don't go anywhere. Friday tipple means that the weekend is nigh and a uh, cold grins is on the horizon, Beeve. And uh, thank you for your service this week, company man, as you've said over and over. I'll, <laughs> I'll cross-field kick it to you to get us underway. Well, thank you, Louis. On Monday, we could have Carl Mills, the great Kiwi, uh, to talk about the upcoming state of the ODIs in India. And of course, when Rick Dog's around, who was my partner in crime on Monday, the conversation, it always shifts towards football. Can I ask you, though, before we move on to cricket, why Nottingham Forest? What, what, why did you support them as a kid? Um, well, when I was a kid, I was a huge Robin Hood fan. and um, <laughs> I can see you in tights with a, with, a, with a bow and arrow running around Lloyd Ellsmore Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rick. Okay, Rick Dog. <laughs> how, did, how did Cole, how did Millsy respond to that, Beef? Uh, well, he took it in good jest, you mu- I must say. Brilliant. Well, staying with the football theme then, the football ferns have reassembled this week to take on the powerhouse, the behemoth, US women's national team ahead of this year's FIFA Women's World Cup held here in little old Aotearoa later this year. The women's game is still growing in New Zealand, but winger Liv Chance was good enough to join the show and told us she felt plenty of support out and about in the community. Obviously, we're in the centre of Wellington anyway, so... I was lucky enough to bump into a few fans when I was out uh, doing some recovery in the ocean. So it's been really nice to see people and hopefully they can see us and start recognising us as we get more out there. Well, Eden Park this weekend, uh, you've had some pretty half-decent days at work at Eden Park, Beef. There's nothing quite like it, I imagine. No, Eden Park, unmatched when it's full. And, geez, we forgot to throw that into the mix. Jeez, there's a lot on this weekend. Very good point. 
But of course, the topic of the week, it has been the departure of the great Dave Rennie to make room for that man, Eddie Jones, who was not so long ago sacked from England. I'm more than a little bit sceptical skeptical about the whole situation, and so too is my friend Sumo. You know, every single comment about Eddie Jones uh, since he's been appointed is the fact that he's going to burn assistant coaches, he's going to upset players, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's going to send messages in the middle of the night, he's going to sit in his office at 6am. I mean, if you if you were looking for a job, you'd avoid a boss like that, like the plague. <laughs> I, I like that you left out the, uh, the, the very... Yes. Descriptive. I don't know. Was it an insult when he called him a tyrannical something rather very small person um, from Sumo? Or was that just his observation of Eddie Jones? I think it was an observation. I just think it was an observation. I don't think he's going at him personally. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, CD have been dominating domestic cricket this year and actually for the last couple, Beef. So it came as no surprise that Rob Walter. Got the call up to coach South Africa, heading to the homeland. He spoke to us on Wednesday about the challenges holding on to talent in South Africa. And man, they do have a tough job ahead of them. I think much like New Zealand, one of the imminent challenges is obviously the the leagues, uh, the T20 leagues that are popping up. Um, I I saw an article stating there's four uh, separate T20 leagues happening at the moment. So... Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity out there. Uh, it's a lot of dollar-based opportunities. So obviously, for South Africans, uh, that's uh, an appealing opportunity. Uh, and it's really to try and hold on to the talent, I think. Yeah, fair enough, Rob. Uh, good on you for taking the challenge up. Massive step forward in your career, so all the best. And I will, again, handle it across to you, Beef, to wrap it all up. Well, thank you, Louis. And what a week it's been. And our toast of the week, well, it has to go to Jamie Reid who was attempting to break the speed golf record this weekend to raise funds for Kidney Kids New Zealand. Jamie has the speed. The question is whether he'll be able to last the whole day. Uh, The most I've done is I've done seven rounds. So about three weeks ago, I did a training run with one of the other guys, um, Shannon Stellard, and we just did a a marathon, which was a marathon of speed golf, which was seven (laughs) rounds. And that took us, just under four hours forty, so the time the time's not an issue. It's just going to be the endurance whether the body can hold out for twelve hours. Quite staggering. Have a bottle of champagne once you finish that one, Jamie. Uh, that is the Friday tipple for this week. What a fine week it's been, Beef. Thanks for going viral. Thanks for having glass <laughs> in your foot and everything in between. <laughs> Hell of a week, Louis. Hell of a week.